Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League draft. And with the first round pick, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Dan Marino and Rudolph's NFL draft. And with the first round pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good young players with the draft all about. You're in and you're out. Welcome back to the draft. All right, welcome back one more time, Cowboys fans, to the draft. The picks are in. Did you love them? Did you hate them? That's the topic for this episode of About Them Cowboys on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kent Producing, joined by three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down your Dallas Cowboys. We've got Father John Mashoda from The Athletic. He was at the star during the draft. We'll get all those stories. We promise he'd be back after the draft. Would not be draft season without David... TJ, Tiny Jim, Hellman. What's up, Dave? What's up, guys? Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me back. I think um, I think this is the first time in a decade that I I wasn't at the star or or intimately involved in the draft process. So I had a little bit of FOMO. This feels like a good way to fix that. You got a little. You got some built up takes that you need to get out. I'm excited. Right. I've just been, I've been that. pacing around my apartment, just like <laughs> doing out takes for the last two days. Well, I miss the days of us just being on the air for 15 hours, the whole draft. Cause then it's like, I don't want to talk for two weeks is, was the attitude. So, um, or it's the opposite of that. It's good. He's exactly. speaking easy on speak on FS one every weekday. So check him out there, but speaking easy on the speakeasy on the freak. It's KT. Fun player for once, Turner. Hey, KT. Howdy. It's uh, pretty awesome that we're doing this, and the draft was fun, and I can't wait to fire off these hot takes, because I know I'm feeling them. In fact, prepare for the wrath of my hot takes on the Cowboys draft, everyone. Look out. <laughs> Let's get some Packers Let's... draft thoughts at the end, KT, by the way. I can do that for you. I have thoughts. Uh, I guess we start, let's start with Modsy Smith, right? There we go. We're doing this like we're kind of regroup into the whole thing. Let's start with Modsy Smith. Get the band off. Uh, John, your thoughts at the time that it was going down. Let's, uh, let's get that. Well, anybody that knows me well knows that I'm just a huge, huge Michigan Wolverines fan. So (laughs) when I saw him falling, I was like, please get a Wolverine in here. So (laughs) no, actually, um, on Saturdays, I root for Florida State. Uh, number one and number two is whoever's playing the University of Michigan. Um, so, uh, but I mean, I will say, I, I will say um, these last two years have really sucked for me because Michigan has really turned it around and he has been a big part of that. I mean, he, he just plays like kind of a thankless position for them where, you know, he eats up the run. And so, you know, I knew he was a possibility and, and I didn't think that he'd get picked before them. And then obviously, you know, high, you know, getting to see the whole thing, you, you see how many defensive linemen went right after them. I find it very hard to believe he would have fallen many, many more picks after that. So as the draft was unfolding, of course, like most, you see Nolan Smith falling and you're just like, that would be a great pick. Um, but also hearing at the time that there was genuine interest in Sam Laporta, Mm-hmm. And I would have worried about my safety in the star if they would have drafted Sam Laporta there. So uh, when I heard it was Matt Mozzie Smith, I was like, okay, that's a that's a great pick for what this team needs. Um, but I'll say I was I was kind of surprised just because it's been so long since they've drafted a defensive tackle in the first round. 
Yeah, what about you, Dave? Yeah, I'm going off of the last thing John just said, like I'm a I'm a big believer in work smarter, not harder. So that's for 10 years, I've kind of butted heads with with Brian Broadus and other people who cover the draft because they just they want to watch every player. They've got an opinion about every player. And I'm always like, why would I waste my time with a guy that I don't think the Cowboys are going to draft? So like every year I kind of like pair my list down like, okay, uh, it's a safety. I'm not going to watch a safety. They're not going to draft a safety in the first round. I'm not going to like I'm not going to watch some like scat back in the first round or whatever. And the same thing goes for nose tackle. Like, why would I why would I watch a guy that's going to go in the top 40 at D tackle and just waste my time on a guy the Cowboys absolutely will not draft? Well, hey, hey real quick, real quick, just because you said I have to share this real quick. Uh, listening to their live draft guess when when they took Fajoko. And Brian had never watched him play. Oh. And the way he just was like, oh, I haven't God. seen, didn't see him. I was just like, I was dying. It was just kind of like, <laughs> go to the next person. Like, anyway, sorry, go on. Brian, no. And <laughs> and he's he's probably, so that was Saturday. He's yeah. it's been 48 hours. Like, he's probably still mad about it. He's yeah, probably yeah. still breaking furniture. Hasn't slept, yeah. Not doing a fourth round pick. Whereas, yeah, I, I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's like a base base defensive end. Of course I didn't watch that guy. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I heard the name Mozzie Smith. I saw, like, Daniel Jeremiah mocked him to the Cowboys a few times, but I didn't pay much attention to him because I was like, I'll, I'll believe they drafted nose tackle in the first round when I see it. But over the last, like, three years, they've gotten really good at bucking all of those trends that we associate with them. You know, like, all of that stuff that we spent – seven or eight years thinking we knew about him, you know, Oh, the, the Cowboys won't draft a small school guy. Well, they drafted a kid from Tulsa and a kid from South Alabama last year. Oh, like the Cowboys won't draft a run stuffing nose tech uh, nose tackle one technique. Well, they did it on Thursday night. Uh, so, I mean, I spent an hour watching tape of him after the pick. Uh, and on top of all the stuff I've read about him being a physical freak, like I get it. I get it. He's going to command double teams. He's going to eat up offensive linemen and, it's a projection, but like I understand what Will McClay was saying on Thursday night when he said he thinks they can coach him to rush the passer a little bit better because you watch a couple games and you definitely see him get into the backfield. So um, I think John, John and I have said this before during the lead up to the draft of like, I have such trust in Dan Quinn at this point where draft any defender and I'm like, okay, give Dan eight months with this guy and I bet we'll feel pretty good about the pick. And that's kind of where I'm at. It was a surprise, but not a bad surprise. Like I, I I'm cool with it. Obviously I haven't seen their, their board. Right. And it's not like they're like handing it out and, unless Jerry accidentally flashes it uh, like last year. Um, if, if it's true that Bergeron was next on their list, the Syracuse guard, and that had been rumored, and I don't know if that's been corroborated or confirmed. Do you I guys can't, know that? Okay, you never know for sure with this stuff, but I have it from a place that I consider very trustworthy that Sam Laporta and and Matt Bergeron were the other two names. Like yes, again, like I like I said, I wasn't in the room, so I don't know for sure, but I trust where that's coming from, that those were the guys they were talking about besides Mozzie Smith. At yeah. the time. And when you say that, makes me. it should make everybody feel even better about Mozzie Smith. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I completely. Yeah. 
Well, at the time, just look at a little bit of where they're playing, uh, playing the draft game as well of, is there going to be a DT that we like in round two there at 58? There's a better chance of a tight end being there that we like at 58 or an offensive lineman being there at 58. And we'll get to that, the second round pick in a minute, because that's really my kind of hang up on the draft, but we'll get there in a second. The one thing that I, um, because I don't know, like Monty Smith was always a guy that we were like, yeah, he was tied to the Cowboys if they took him, but it wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like a shocker, but I think there were other names people might've been throwing out. I mean, hell, the TV coverage is locked in on Michael Mayer, who looks a lot like one of the Hemsworth brothers. Uh, you know, they were in his house showing him pretty much the whole time. But the the thing I kept going back to on the first round is never um, forget to account for the imagination of Dan Quinn. And that's what's given us Micah Parsons, the pass rusher. That's maybe maybe another defensive take uh, defensive coordinator takes Micah Parsons and plays him as a linebacker all the time, and I think that's where I'm kind of like there. the one like, in college that he had. Um, uh, Micah Parsons had yeah. six sacks and Micah Parsons had six sacks in 26 college games. Yeah, he which wasn't used that way, you know, very often, and that's what Dan Quinn saw. Is like, oh yeah, we can use him. We can use him a lot rushing the passer. We learned that very quickly, um, and that's where I kind of go. With, with with Mozzie Smith, if you're telling me a guy is a your standard DT, and I think I think it's become kind of football um, cliche at this point, and cliche doesn't mean it's wrong, but you talk about a two down player. Quite honestly, if defense does their job and it's second and eight, that guy might be a one down player, and you're bringing him off the field for you know for, for two passing downs. You know how it works. Like I don't think Mozzie Smith is that. Based on the first thing that Will McClay said the night uh, or in the in the post draft press conference, the first thing he mentioned was pass rush potential with him. So that's what I went. Whoo! I'm okay with it. That's what I I think. And I mean, again, it's projection because you watch the tape, you're not gonna see him racking up sacks. Like I don't. Th- I think yeah. he like like did he even have like five in his career? I think he had like three. No, I don't think he had a right? sack. Yeah. Half a sack yeah. in his whole yeah. career. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're not going to see it on tape. But again, like you can see the disruption. Like you can see him getting past guards and getting into the pocket and not finishing plays. And then the other thing, he had an injury that kept him from doing any of the workouts in the pre-draft process. But if Bruce Feldman of The Athletic is to be believed, like he was the he was number one on Bruce's annual freak list for a reason. Bruce Feldman, and again, like, I, there's no evidence of this, so I, I, I'm not going to completely take it at face value. But Bruce Feldman reports that he had a 6.893 cone in the summer before his last year at Michigan, which is a absolutely insane time for a 330 pound nose tackle to run the three cone in. So, I like I said, it's a projection. But I completely believe Will McClay that they can get more out of Mozzie Smith as a pass rusher than he did in college. Do you think this speaks more to McCarthy's influence in the draft room or Will McClay's evolution? Dave, on your on your point earlier. Shoot, or does it say more about I actually wrote about that for Fox Sports last night for today? Is does it say something about Dan Quinn? Uh, not to say that Mike McCarthy is not part of this process, but 
it's just hard not to notice that Dan Quinn spends the entire spring on the road going to these pro days. And and in a lot of cases, he's standing right there next to Will McClay. Uh, And you look at, you know, if, if we are to believe that Sam Laporta and Matthew Bergeron were two other guys that they were considering at 26, think about that. McCarthy's O-line has been decimated uh, both of the last two years, really, you know, since he got here. Obviously, he lost both of his tackles in 2020. He had to juggle tackles in 2021. Last year, he loses Tyron Smith. He's moving guys all over the place because of various injuries. He loses Terrence Steele. And then, obviously, you lose Dalton Schultz. So it seems very logical why Mike McCarthy would want to draft guys that play along the offensive line in his first season as play caller. Um, So for them to opt for a defensive player and not only that, but a nose tackle, I mean, we'll never know for sure, but it certainly seems like Dan Quinn is starting to wield a similar amount of influence uh, to Rod Marinelli when it comes to (laughs) getting players for his defense. So if we, Read some body language. If you're watching the Cowboys make the pick at, at 26, McCarthy was making a case hard for somebody. So was McCarthy making a case for maybe an offensive lineman and they went another direction? I didn't see Dan Quinn in there. Or was this a Mike McCarthy decision? No, I'm sure he was fine with it. They drafted a ton of defensive players. They drafted way more defensive players than offensive players. I just the first would round have expected to see Bay. Quinn in there if he was making the case for... Here's the other thing, the other thing I want to point out real quick is that there was a major shift in defensive tackle before Dan Quinn came on because in Mike McCarthy's first year, they went out and signed Don Terry Poe and it didn't work out, but Don Terry Poe fits nothing at all that Rod Marinelli was doing. It was clear that Mike wanted to get yeah. bigger in the middle. So I could see him arguing for Laporta because of wanting the tight end. I mean, with him, especially now being the offensive play caller for sure, I could see that, but I don't know. I, I look at the track record of him in Green Bay. They took a ton of defensive players in the first round. So, yeah, I do. I mean, I agree with that. But, you know, Dontari Poe, what? Giving Dontari Poe a couple million dollars and trading a sixth for Jonathan Hankins or a seventh, whatever it was, drafting Neville Gallimore at 81, I think, like those all still feel different from using a first round pick on a guy like this. Um, so, but no, I mean, I, I hear you though. And like I said, I, I think, I think Dan Quinn has swung, has a lot of sway when it comes to this. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't have a problem believing that Mike, Mike McCarthy was on board with it. I don't think that anybody was at odds when it came to making this pick. Well, yeah. And we got McCarthy's tied in here in round two. Um, and we can, if you guys have any more uh, Mozzie Smith uh, thoughts, we can get to that. Here's a second. Let's move on around two, and it's at pick 58. They kind of sit there, and they end up going with tight end Luke Schoonmaker of Michigan. Are we going with Schoon or Schoon? Because it's Schoon. Actually, let me go to the pronunciation in the beast here real quick. Say, I don't I think there is one. Schoon. And is it oh, Schoon? Okay. Yeah. Oh, Schoon. Yeah. That was what yeah, I know. There's not a. There's not a phonetic mm-hmm. in there. McCarthy Definitely. crumbled up there sheet that had their first three picks on it and gave it to Clarence and I then took it out of Clarence's hand and looked at it and had the pronunciation on it. Sorry. Just wanted to show huh. that. How about oh, that? There it is. Oh, I mean, that's Intel you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. Um, Shoemaker, this is my my hang up. Um, I'll go first on this one. It has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with the guy who went right after him. Mm. And 
you just you just can't tell me that the offensive lineman that you got a little bit later in the draft at this point. I mean, sorry, Richards hold on, is it's fine. schoon, it's schoon. We're going schooner, like okay. schooner. Okay. Yeah, sorry, schooner. All right, schooner. One of my favorite glasses to drink out of. At a high quality, high quality. Schooner, you get your hands yeah. underneath it. It's great. Um, uh, when Tor, um, when when they lost out on the four, uh, Florida guard, uh, Osiris Torrance, and they didn't lose out on him. They did. They didn't pick him. They basically said, in my opinion, and I don't know their answers may be a little different, but here's how I took it. They basically said, "As we're we're good here on the offensive line. Don't worry about us." And I'm like. My God, I love Tyron Smith, but we can't. We can't. We can't. And I just don't know how I was. That's the one pick in the entire draft that made me want to jump off the ledge. I don't get it. You had a plug-and-play left guard ready to go. The best guard in this draft, maybe. You know, we'll see how that works out. But, like, plug-and-play left guard, we are set. We can do Tyler at left tackle. We can do the Terrence Steele, Tyron Smith thing at right tackle, and we can move it on down the road and just not worry about it. But now you're telling me that I got to believe in Chuma Yadoga. And that's where I just end up – that that one's frustrating to me because you got a guy in Luke Schoonmaker who is just like the rest of the guys. To me, on tape. and uh, But when you go to like his athletic scores, you can like talk yourself into, oh, look at that. He's, He's also 35. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand the idea of getting an old man at tight end either. I, he's I actually, didn't get it. He's older than Tyron Smith. Sorry, go on. Is he better than Ferguson right now? Because I can tell Probably you not. that Torrance is better than uh, Idoga is. So unless you're really playing Terrence still at left guard, and it doesn't seem like they're going to do that, or unless you're playing Tyler Smith at left guard. There like you Tyron go. Smith now you're, now you're, now you're on it. Doesn't buy, that doesn't give you a full season. Oh, that one. Second round pick. Mm, I didn't like that one, guys. Go ahead. I think it has to do with the the run at tight ends at the time. There was a run going on. They're like, okay, if we don't get a guy now, we're not probably not going to get any kind of quality tight end. And the fact that they went DT in the first round kind of put them in a bad spot because I thought Steve Avila kind of fell to them in a perfect spot. You take Avila there. What are your thoughts there on how the, the tight ends fell in that second round? I definitely think that factored in. There's no question about that. Um, it's a, it's I just kind of sub- Bergeron instead of Avila there. Oh, sure. Yeah, that yeah. too. That would have worked. Yeah, I think it speaks to them not thinking that guard is as much of an issue as we think it is. And so that's the only thing I can draw on is that they somehow just don't want to tell us that there's a possibility of moving Tyler Smith back to left guard. You know, I think they want, they would prefer that somebody emerges between now and the end of training camp that can play left guard. But if no one does, it's not like they're just going to sit there and be like, hey, Dak, <laughs> when you snap it, just kind of be careful at left guard. We're just going to be kind of plugging some garbage in there. We don't really know what we got. <laughs> they're going to try and put their five best guys out there. And ultimately, I think that if it comes to it, then their five best guys will be Terrence Steele back at right tackle, Tyron Smith at left, and then Tyler Smith at left guard. Now, when Tyron Smith goes down, then that's when you have to mix and match. But you worry about that then. But I mean, to me, I like, I thought Osiris Torrance made a ton of sense, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm an offensive line guru. Um, you could tell me that 
uh, let me make sure I get the kid's name right here. You could tell me that they go and their starting left guard week one is TJ Bass from Oregon. And I would be like, oh, the guy that they signed after the draft was over. Like, I'm not that completely stunned about it. You know, like um, I think that they trust in Mike Solari, the new offensive line coach, and that they're going to try and, and, and figure that spot out. Um, but yeah, I would say out of all the picks that uh, that were that they made, I think that taking Schoonmaker over Osiris Torrance would be the one that if you put a poll out to fans, that would be the one that wins on, on, on the one that probably bothered them the most. I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to rip off the Soundgarden song and call this guy Schoonman for the next four years. <laughs> all the, all the time. You got to sing it, though. Schoonman. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I agree with everything y'all just said. Uh, I, I mean, I I like him as a player. I think that's that's the unfair thing is like I think Luke Schoonmaker is a pretty good football player. And I get that he's he's quote unquote old, but I mean I I actually looked this up on Friday night. Like like maybe like four four to eight second round picks even get a long term deal with their original team. Like it's the hit rate on re-signing second round picks is really it's not all that good that I'm worried about it anyway. So like, let's say if Luke Schoonmaker plays four years and gets franchise tagged, like Dalton Schultz did, he'll be friggin' 30 by the time he's done playing for the Cowboys. Like who cares? It doesn't really bother me that much. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I think he's going to help the running game because he plays at the only program in America that still thinks it's 1995. Like, I mean, Michigan ran the ball literally, 62 percent of the time this year in a in a world where everyone else is throwing it like 56 percent of the time or more um it is interesting though dave because there is something about the big 10 where you know we know that they're not going to win the national championship but there are definitely like players in the big 10 because of running those schemes that teams feel safe with drafting them that's why you get these iowa guys that go high and you know obviously you know, it's just funny because, like, you look at McCarthy. They take Mozzie Smith. They take Schoonmaker. Uh, he really liked Laporta. Uh, you know, he's the one that was behind them going after Biotish. You know, I mean, there's clearly the projecting of what they do at those colleges is probably easy. I mean, look at all their tight ends are from the Big Ten. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And and Stanford is West Coast Big Ten school, right. which is where Alden Schultz went to school. So right. It makes sense. Uh, and, I can, I, and I count Notre Dame as being Big Ten, even though they're not oh, yeah, Big Ten. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. they don't have to put a label on it, but that's what they are. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you in the sense that I feel the same way about left guard now that I did about wide receiver last year, where they're like, yeah, this is great. We got James Washington and Jalen Tolbert. We're set. And I'm like, are you set, though? Like, <laughs> so now you have Chume Udoga. Uh, obviously they drafted Asim Richards on Saturday and then supposedly Josh Ball is going to play guard, which is code for we were wrong about Josh Ball. We don't know what else yeah. to do with him. Um, and what if the, it, it bums me out to think that like Tyler Smith could play the whole spring and the whole summer at left tackle. And then on August 28th, they're like, hey, buddy, we need you to play left guard in 10 days when we play whoever it is that we're playing like. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but that that's not fair uh, to a guy that I like as much as Tyler Smith. But that's the situation that they're in right now. Um, so I don't love that. And yeah, I think you did know, you forget and, Matt Farniak? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, come on. Dang, of course. Dave. Yeah, I, 
I can hear the facetious tone in your voice, but I feel like Matt Farniak has been decent when he's gotten an opportunity to play. So, yeah, I guess just have a have a demolition derby between former day three picks and see who comes out on top or move Tyler Smith. I guess you can do that. So the Oregon kid that they the Oregon kid that they agreed to. Uh, terms with the undrafted guy, TJ Bass out of Oregon. Dane had a fifth slash sixth round grade on him. So I could see him working in the mix too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but the, uh, the one other thing I wanted to point out real quick is kind of the uh, elephant in the room and all this is that when all this is going down, this is on top of the fact of like, there's just all this momentum that continues to roll with the Eagles. And it's like the biggest team that's your biggest rival they're oh, making yeah. all these great moves. They're drafting all these players that all the fans know. You know, I mean, let's be honest. If they leave this up to the fans, the Cowboys' first four picks are probably Nolan Smith, Osiris Torrance, Darnell Washington, and and I think maybe Darius Rush, the corner. Because if yeah. you leave it up to the fans, they're just like, wait, wait, hold on. There's another corner out there that yeah. would start out as a wide receiver, and he's got the long arms and everything like that. Like, when I went back to look at the draft, I was like, let me just jot down who I think that would be the consensus among fans, you know, like the idea that you get Osiris Torrance. Like if we were doing this show before the draft, I'm like, no, you can get Torrance in the second. <laughs> you can get Washington in the third. You know, people sure. would be like, turn this, turn this up. Nobody should listen to this. This is the worst show I've ever heard. You know, I do think it's funny. It's just a funny, it's funny the way life works out. Cause I really, again, I have it on good authority. I really don't think that the Cowboys were all that interested in drafting Dalton Kincaid. So yeah. Congrats to Buffalo for doing that, but I don't think they needed to, at least not because of Dallas. But the funny thing is, forget Dalton Kincaid, but Connor McGovern and now Osiris Torrance are both in Buffalo. So the Bills have the Bills are having a competition at guard between two guys who I guess could have been Cowboys in a different in a different timeline. So on the Kincaid thing, you know, after that first round's over, you know how everyone kind of breaks off. And tries to get, you know, some little extra information as everyone raises yeah. to the door. So obviously, <laughs> take a take a wild guess who I tried to follow. So Clarence is, is gets Jerry and is like, uh, it just me me and Clarence are, are by Jerry, and Clarence is trying to talk him into just so did you have the tight end? Was he higher on the board than Mozzie? And he's like, No, no, tight end was not. Tight end was not. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, it's not like him to really say this. But then when Clarence followed up to ask him about Nolan Smith. Jerry just completely shut it down. He's like, I already told you about the tight end, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying like, okay, Nolan Smith certainly was because he would love to tell yeah. you. He would love to tell you. Oh, no, 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 no. He was hiring Nolan. When he completely shut that down, I was like, oh, yeah, so Nolan Smith was ahead of him, you know? That's, I mean, you're, you're right. Like, and I think it's a very, it's a very good point to keep in mind that a lot of times we base the winners and losers of the draft based on whether or not we've heard of the guy. And, like, and I mean, like the three of us watch a lot of college football and we follow the draft. So like we know who a lot of these players are, but let's be real. Like we all we have a better handle on who uh, Nolan Smith is than a lot of guys in this draft. Dude, but I, my friends that are Lions fans telling them like hate the Laporta pick at the beginning of the second round. But when you tell them, hey, man, I'm pretty sure he was the number one tight end on the Cowboys board. And they thought about him at 26. You're just like. Oh, oh yeah, they draft pretty well. Okay, okay. I can get behind yeah. this guy. All right, <laughs> hey, I'm, he's going to be Kittle. Uh, having having said all of that, um, I really, I really love Nolan Smith as a player, and I can't yeah. wait to see. I can't wait to see if the Cowboys look smart or dumb for doing that. We'll, we'll see. Well, no. to KT's point, Torrance is going to be the same way. 
If Torrance yeah. oh, ends up being a really good player, you know, is 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 one of the better guards in the league. Yeah, that one's that one's going to be brought up many a times. I think it's worth noting too that Bobby Belt put this out there that Schoonmaker's a good player. Like I think, sure the yeah. the energy around the pick is bad, but the Cowboys got a solid player that we feel like is going to be a contributor at tight end. Now, could it have played it out differently? Could they have gotten a better tight end? Had they played it out differently, maybe. Who knows? But oh, solid. Schoon's, solid. Schoon's going to be yeah. It's going to be solid. 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 Really solid. Pick. Every every year we're reminded that they don't care what we think or sure. who we wanted or whatever. But here's my issue, and it's really it falls into all three rounds. As I can tell you that we're about to talk about Demarvion Overshawn from Texas, the linebacker. I am a big believer in positional value. And DT and tight end is not edge. And I, I mean, to me, I value the offensive guard, offensive lineman, like guard, center tackle. Okay. So like, there's my issue of where you could turn Speaking things. And I get of, it, dude. Uh, Nolan Smith may not have, you know, Nolan Smith is not better than uh, Tank and Micah Parsons right now. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's where and, and Mozzie Smith will start, right? So like we know that, and you can look at it that way. That's good, okay? No problems with Mozzie. When he doubled down and do it twice at tight end, I'm like, dude, you're telling me that Schoonmaker's better than Jake Ferguson right now? I had a hole in the offensive line, or I will have a hole in the offensive line when the inevitable unspoken thing happens, and that's where KT. I, I think they want them to play together. To be honest with you. I think them, they want them yeah, to be out there on these two tight ends with yeah. these looks like we're going to run the ball, but you still feel good throwing out of it. I think that that is kind of the plan there, but I, I, I get what you're saying for sure. I mean, which I'm with John, like, and, and McCarthy kind of hinted at that because somebody asked him if he looked at, if he viewed Schoonmaker as a starter and he was like, well, you know, what does starter mean when you're talking about a position where you use three or four guys? But so when the game I starts... Pre- there will be 11 yeah, yeah, guys right. that will go on. The- <laughs> so, Mike, this is how this works. There are 11 players on the field for the first snap of the game. No, but I feel I feel comfortable saying, like, Luke Schoonmaker, if he's healthy, should play, I don't know, 60% or more of the snaps this season. Like, that seems totally realistic to me. Um, yeah. Torrance would play at 100%. Well, that's fair. That's true. That, yeah. Well, that's what I, what I was going to say other than that is, uh, thank God – for Johnny's buddies, Brad Holmes and uh, Dan Campbell up in Detroit. Because if the Lions hadn't done what they did this weekend, I think everybody would be talking about the Cowboys as the team that said, screw your positional value. We're doing what we want. Because literally the Lions are the only... The Lions are the only team that had more of an old-school football draft than the Cowboys. Dude, their draft is amazing. It was almost my my most fun thing to uh, track. Because obviously Gibbs, okay, running back at 12. Uh, Jack Campbell at 18, the linebacker. But even like if you move it on down, okay, tight end, which is not considered premium position. And then they took, I mean, look, I'm sorry, Hooker's not going to start over Jared Goff. So backup quarterback does not fall as a premium position for me. The Lions' <laughs> whole draft was just double Incredible. birds. Oh, let me defend it. Let me defend it. Um I could see tons of like nobody saying anything if Hooker goes with one of the first five picks in that second round because they're like that's the next quarterback, and so to get him where they got him, I thought that was great. And if you just moved, uh, I don't, I didn't love where they picked any of those guys. Like I didn't love the Gibbs thing, but if you moved Brian Branch to twelve and slotted sure. everybody one down, and you'd said that these are the players you're going to get with those picks, 
I don't think a lot of people, and then also obviously that you were trading, you'd have to know that you're trading DeAndre Swift. I don't think a lot of people would have hated it, especially when you no. hear that they consider taking Gibbs at six. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, it, it it is a great example of like, they're just going to get whoever they want. They think that Jack Campbell is a great linebacker and he's going to be there for a long time. Okay, I'll believe it when I see it. But I mean... I will say no. The the overall haul I think is is nice. Like yeah. when you get when you get Branch where you got him, and you just kind of look at and and I like I like the hooker pick honestly. Yeah. Like all the way back at sixty eight, there's no pressure on him to ever become the starter. But if he does, then fine. It's it's the idea that you could have had with your first three picks. You know, to fans of course is Christian Gonzalez, um, Nolan Smith. And Michael Mayer, if you would have said that going into the draft, people oh. would have lost their mind. Be like, no way. Oh. Um, but I'm just getting the sense now that I think that this one is clear across the board that you're not going to find anybody that was sticking out their chest before the draft to say that Sam Laporta <clears throat> was a better tight end on their board, on any team's board, than let's say Michael Mayer. Because I didn't see that anywhere. And no. it appears that at least two teams have it lined up that way. Sure did. Yep. Would you guys have traded it a fourth for Swift? Uh, if they twenty twenty five fourth, by the way, I don't think yes. I don't think he's a great fit with with Pollard. To be honest with you, but that's fair. But neither is Deuce Vaughn. So well, I mean that's a late sixth, but yeah, I, I know. But like for 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 what it costs the Eagles to do, um, knowing the upside and knowing that there's really not a lot of downside, yeah, I'd have done that in a heartbeat. Real quick, the Eagles not- are doing whatever because they they had already hit gold. Like it was like, oh yeah, let's go ahead and keep adding on and dumping right. on everyone. I just wanted to add one thing on the running back thing. You know, Jerry, you know, I tweeted out that what he said after the draft that you know he hasn't closed the door on Zeke. It's still a possibility. Uh, this is just me again. Like I said about Jerry earlier, a- a- talking after the first round. He's just, we've heard him talk so many times that I, I, I never take much at face value. I try and read between the lines. Yep. I could be off on this. I kind of took it as I'm going to do Zeke a solid here because what is a solid of me saying, no, the door is closed. Zeke's gone. We're not bringing him back. Blah, blah. Like there's no positive that comes from that because I genuinely do not believe that Zeke is coming back to the Cowboys. Even they'll find somebody yeah. that, that can fill in, that can, that can rush, uh, you know, big yard, you know, goal line, big packages, you know, third and short type stuff. But I don't believe Zeke's coming back. I just think he said that because, well, one, he likes that it keeps it in the news cycle and keeps it going. Uh, so he doesn't want to close the door on it. But I don't genuinely take him at his word that like they're really like, no, 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 hold on. We we might go back to that. I just I don't see them doing that. And I don't know that Zeke would want to do that at this point either. That's yeah. it would be it would be so weird to bring back a guy like that. Like, hey, sorry we cut you from your $15 million salary. Would you like to re-sign for 1.1 yeah. with, like, no guaranteed money? Like, that just seems a little embarrassing. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think Jerry Jerry likes to look out for his guys, like the guys that he builds these bonds with, and Zeke is definitely one of those dudes. I will say I agree with everything you just said, and I, I don't really believe that it's likely – the fact that Dak said it too definitely made me kind of raise my eyebrow, though. Well, like I think he's Dak, hopeful. But, like, I mean, at this point in Dak's career, like, he has at least a little bit of sway. And I just, like, if Dak and Jerry both wanted it to happen, I, I, I can't completely say it's impossible, even though I don't think it's likely. Yeah, they had Dak look at those receivers this year and last year. That's how they got Tolbert. It's just about protecting Dak, too. If Dak. 
knows Zeke coming back means that's, he doesn't get hit as look, much. Maybe that's I'm, that's the motivation. I'm, I'm thrilled. I I love Deuce Vaughn as a player. Obviously, it's a heartwarming moment. But I can imagine Dak being like, "You want this guy picking up blitzes on third down?" Exactly. For me? I don't know <laughs> yeah, about right. all that. Uh, well, let's 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 kind of keep it going here. Let's go. Let's go to the round three. Demarvion Overshawn, linebacker, Texas. I, I you know I think. We get to the third round and really at the back part of the third round, it's an odd point in the draft because the Cowboys do have a good roster. You can forget that because of how January's tend to go around here. They do have a really good roster. This, to me, though, does say something about Jabril Cox. It does say something about Damone Clark. Um, obviously, being a one-year you know, short-term thing for Van Der Esch, and they did need special teams help with Luke Gifford being gone. So that's a perfect fit. It was hard to ignore. Fossil was just really pumped up on <laughs> the was. draft room war room cam. And I'm like, are we doing special teams drafts in the third round? What are we doing? Well, Get him out of here. Well, uh, And then I start going, how much say do the coaches have this year? Are we doing that again? Because I'm very against that. Okay, yeah, hold, up hold up real quick. Hold up real quick. I was player. just going to say, hold up real quick. Oh, Let's talk about the team that they haven't been able to beat in the playoffs the last two years. Yeah. Now that looks like, oh yeah, that, imagine old Fossil getting on the phone and you're like, who's he talking right now? And they get old Moody instead of Overshown. How do you feel about that? Actually, Moody. you know what? Well, go ahead, KT. Well, I was just saying. Moody helps me more next year than Overshown does. You, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. Okay, I... I this might be the pick I like the most. I do like Mozzie Smith, and I and I do like this pick. The rest of them, I, I will say I, I like Deuce Vaughn, too. Um, the rest of them are just really don't like the fourth. We'll get to that in a second. But with with Overshown, yes, with Rod Marinelli's defense, I'm not really pumped about this. But with Dan Quinn, everything about this makes it seem like he could be one of those guys where it would not surprise me if like there's a couple weeks during the season where He's on the field a ton because it's a certain package that he wants to do against this certain team that you didn't see yeah. coming. Like, I do like that about Dan Quinn, that there is that unpredictable, like I've said last show with Saad about, because we, you know, we've talked quite a bit about the Patriots. It's one of my favorite things, how the Patriots would always do that with Belichick. Like, you didn't know from week to week exactly what the defensive assignment was going to be and that you can move things around. And overshown to me, because Dan Quinn is a defensive coordinator, we've seen what he's done with J. Ron Curse. We've seen what he's done with Micah Parsons. There's a part of me that was kind of like intrigued that, yeah, he might not get a ton of like where he's playing every single game, but here and there, I could see where like they bring him in and he plays like these packages where you're just like, whoa, whoever thought that was coming? And I can see him making some plays. Like I do think he's a good player. Was it maybe a little bit early? Sure. But I did not hate this pick at all. No, I agree. He's a good player. And let me show where I'm coming from there. I was clearly joking about the kicker thing. Uh, on the, no, no, you weren't. I mean, they do need a kicker that doesn't get the yips in the playoffs. Like, they, if you want to be taken seriously and have a chance, you have to have that locked down. But honest, no, like, not in the third round. Kate, I mean, oh. you you might be joking, but, like, I think I think the average Cowboy fan, and and I, I'm, I don't have a problem with the pick. Overshown, he's an athletic guy. He seems like he's not a liability in coverage, at least as far as linebackers go. Um, that's intriguing to me. Yeah. I think somebody at the press conference on Friday asked about, you know, they said, this guy's a converted safety. It's hard not to kind of draw parallels between him and a guy like J Ron curse in terms of body type and what you might be asking him to do in like a dime package, which that's all, that's fine. That's I, I dig it. And yeah, I mean, shoot, J Ron curse is already in a contract year, believe it or not. That's how mm -hmm. quickly it flies. So 
I get it. But going back to the joke, I think the average Cowboy fan would be more excited about getting the best kicker in the draft, even if it is a third round pick, just because kicker's been a nightmare for what? When was Dan Bailey's last good year? Like 20, 2018, 2017? So kicker's been kind of a, a, a nightmare for about four or five years now. I think Cowboy fans might be pretty pumped about a kicker, even if it was a third round pick. Can I say who I wanted there? I wanted, and it's a guy who was a visitor, much like Overshone. So it's not like this is out of the blue. I wanted Chandler Zavala, the guard. That's a good one. uh, Because I'm worried about the offensive line. And I don't think it's great. Uh, And I kind of thought McCarthy would put his foot down a little bit on this, given that he's calling the plays this year. I'm worried about the O-line. And Zavala ended up going at 114. So, you know, it's not like teams were dying to take him off the board. If you wanted to play the whole redraft rewire thing, another guy, and I don't think they liked him, but I don't, I don't know for a fact. Uh, a few picks later, uh, Ika from Baylor went. I mean, if you want a guy who's going to clog up the middle a little bit, there's your guy at ninety eight. But they see more out of Mozzie Brown athletically by far. I mean, Mozzie Smith athletically and as a pass rusher, or Ika from Baylor gives you very little there. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, Ika started his career at LSU, so I'm a little more familiar with mm-hmm. him than a lot of guys. And give me the potential upside that Mozzie Smith brings every time over. Like, yeah. like I think Ika could be a phenomenal player for what he is, but he's not ever going to be more than anything than what he is right now, which is why he got drafted where he did. Whereas Mozzie's upside put him so much higher. I agree. I agree. hundred percent. Uh, Round four, we um, move on. So, Viami Fajoko, defensive end, San Jose State. Productive college player. Uh, this is where we start stepped out of the athletically, you know, high-testing score guy. He's a big boy. Um, he's a- huge, and he's the third in Dane's entire draft guide, he's the third heaviest edge player. Like only, yeah. only like two of the guys that weigh What's more he than two seventy six. Well, when they picked him, it reminded me of somebody that's about two eighty, and that's Chauncey Golston. And I was Chauncey like, do Golston. they need another Chauncey Golston? Apparently, they mm. do. <laughs> well, maybe they just said we're sticking to the board, and there's your process. Um, there were guys on the board that I think made sense that could have helped you. Again, it doesn't matter who we like. It just doesn't. There's an it irony. It's ironic timing because uh, they picked Dorrance Armstrong in the same round, like in a similar range, and he has turned into a pretty quality rotational guy. Like if he's your third edge rusher, you're probably doing pretty good. Um, but I still like – I just – once you get out of like the top 60, I personally am uninterested in drafting edge players. I just think if you're going to be super successful in the NFL at edge, you possess a type of athleticism that's going to get you picked in the top 60. And sure, like there are outliers like Dorrance Armstrong, but for the most part, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, we're still waiting on – wait, what? So I say Tyler Scott at Cincinnati is a really good player. Yeah, there you go. And I was hoping we would get a wide receiver action going, yeah. and he went four picks later. And it's like, oh, I God. Would, so that's my Torrance from uh, that or, round. Charlie, Charlie Jones was still available, wasn't Charlie he? Charlie Jones, too. Yeah. Those are good I have, players. I would have way rather done that. I just, like I said, I think it's a long shot for 
an edge player drafted in the 100s to become an overly useful NFL player. It's not to say it can't happen. Best of luck to Junior Fehoko, but uh, yeah, that's just how I feel. Yeah, I said earlier about Darius Rush. I was interested in corner there because, you know, Trayvon Diggs, obviously they're going to do everything they can to resign him, but this is the last season under contract. Jordan Lewis, last season under contract. Um, Stefan Gilmore, you're only getting one year out of him. Heck, even with the secondary, like Dave, like you said, with Curse, you're only, this is his final year of his contract. Malik Hooker. I mean, that back end is going to change quite a bit, likely, after this season. Rush has some good – I guess also I am not expecting much out of Kelvin Joseph. Maybe they're expecting more than I am. But uh, I thought yeah. Rush would have possibly made, made some sense there. Uh, and he fits their profile, bigger corner. I'd heard that they liked him. And so that was a little bit more intriguing than, like I said, getting another – Chauncey Golston to potentially maybe if everything goes well, he could be like Tyrone Crawford. I just, you know, one of those guys where when you're covering the team, you're just like, ah, he's kind of a tackle, but they also play him at edge. And it just, it never really becomes like, you know, you almost feel like while it helps and it's super valuable on Sundays, you just always wonder like, is it, are they ever really reaching their potential at one position? Cause they're always kind of, you know, kind of moved around. Tyrone Crawford syndrome. Fifth round, Asim Richards, offensive tackle, North Carolina, offensive line guy here. I I like the del, uh, developmental tackle in round five. I like that. Uh, and hearing Mike Solari uh, or seeing some of the quotes from Mike Solari, uh, the offensive line coach, talk about him, I thought was very was very interesting. And that's a good athletic guy. Take the athletic guy. I mean, we said Josh Josh Ball was an athletic guy, right? Um, and it hasn't worked out great for him, but whole new system, and um, I like that personally in the fifth round. Like that quite a bit. And I don't even have a name like at the top of my head. Who would I have rather had? Who's the name that stands out there? Oh, yeah, we should say this. Uh, going back to 90 real quick, because Darnell Washington at tight end, obviously you didn't need a tight end after you took Schoonmaker, but he was off their board. Um, so, like, it's not like they were ever going to take him. So there's right. no point in getting mad about any of that. They were no, we can still get him. mad. There's got to be I, – I assume the medicals are pretty scary for him to fall as far as he did. Yeah. I yeah. can't imagine like, even and look, I understand like I think the hype of Darnell Washington out exceeds the reality a little bit. Like I think he's just one of those guys that's so rare that people fall in love with him. But even still, he shouldn't have fallen as far as he did unless there was something pretty scary on the medical board. Dane was saying there's a little, you know, boomer bust with him. More than some, yeah, of exactly, for sure. It's way more, way more of a risk. People, people fall in love with a guy like that, and then it, you know, it turns out that the potential was way more intoxicating than the reality. I have no problem believing that that's possible. I, I have a rule about four, uh, really that I'm, I'm that make me nervous in football, and in I mean, really all sports, basketball too. But neck. My back, my feet, and my crack. Those are the four parts. If you get that, so if that rules out like a Dalton Kincaid, we're not going to go there. He's got a bad back. We're just not going to do that. So, which I'm guys had bad? Know- which guys had bad cracks that you eliminated? <laughs> and by crack, I mean like your knee popping, oh, things okay, like that. Uh, yeah, stuff uh, like that. You know, what were you Ajayi thinking? Kent? Would have never Ronald Leary. <laughs> what's, what's wrong? Could not keep his pants up. Is Ron know, is Ron still at playing weight? He did play. Like, yeah, can we get a can we get a bet guard, <laughs> dude? 
would Nate, love Nate, Ronald Leary right Nate, now. Nate Living's, Montre Holland, come on down. See if you guys got anything <laughs> Oh, my God, Nate Living's. That's outstanding. These are. This is what I do I'm during the draft. Years. When they're not taking left guard, that's what I do during the drafts. I look through the old, the, the old uh, uh, previous depth charts to see, well, what did they used to have at left guard? They possibly call up. Phil Costa had well, some position flex. I was going to say, what's Costa gave us a flex? <laughs> what's the worst? What's the worst former left guard that would be an upgrade over what's there right now? Oh, because like Ron Leary is a best case scenario, but yeah, like would you yeah. take Phil Costa or um, who are some yeah, of Nate those Living's? Guys? Nate Living's was there when they first did that whole like switch over where you know when Garrett got in there, they started like changing the offensive line over because it was starting to get old, and so yeah. Nate Living's got in there and, and like started a little bit for like one season. I think that's the most piece together that it's been would you take 50 year old brian waters oh god uh <laughs> i don't think so i think i would <laughs> um no it's amazing that phil costa <laughs> i mean the cowboys are nuts that's the one phil oh. costa was dating brooke Hol- can Hogan. i can i, I mean, interest just you amazing in a, can i interest you in a slightly used kyle kosher <laughs> <laughs> oh the kosher he got one Oh, he was right. Brian Waters is 46. I did him dirty there. Sorry, Brian. All right. Well, if you want to go in that age range, then we can go 41 and you just call back Jason Peters. <sighs> I mean, if I, I thought Jason kidding. Peters, like, if I thought Jason Peters could play the entire season and, and stay healthy, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But I don't know. Based that on seems it. like you're asking for a lot. Yeah, exactly. What do they need, Dave? What do they, what do what they po- need? What, what position do they need? <laughs> I got never mind. There. Never I mind. Got keep there. going. Keep going. We'll tell you. Later. Gu- they need a guard, John. <laughs> okay, thanks. Sixth round, Eric Scott Jr. Of course. Again, that's why Eric I say Scott. you take Darius Rush, and it takes care of all of this. Yeah, oh, wow. no. Um, not a bad player, the Southern Miss, and then we have uh, Deuce Vaughn. Obviously, the emotional highlight right there. Before, with we, before we spend time on Deuce, I just. I laughed out loud in my apartment because, you know, look, I didn't watch 300 players like Brian brought us. I'm sorry. I just didn't do it. Um, so I'm trying to learn more about Eric Scott, and he doesn't have a write-up in Dane's Guide. So I'm like, okay, what's the deal with this guy? <laughs> then I go through his measurements and find out that he's got an 80-inch wingspan, and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I get it now. Yeah. Athletic flyer right there. Second longest but, arms in the draft class. I wonder why Dan Quinn liked him. Yeah, right. But then you end up going, okay, are we going to take a running back today, or what, what's the deal here? You know, the name around town that everyone was talking about was Ladanian Tomlinson's. Um, uh, was that his nephew, uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson? And I was like, Dan Quinn's not taking a five foot eight cornerback, uh, but they will take a five foot eight running back. Oh. Five foot eight's being a little, a little, uh, being a little kind there. Deuce Vaughn to the Cowboys. I'll tell you what, my, from from a sports analysis standpoint, okay, because I think the story right now is just all about you know, what happened in the war room. But from a sports analysis standpoint, it did make me question how much they like Turpin. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, you bring him back, probably, I would imagine, but they. Given how much they did not use him in the offense, it makes yeah. me wonder if they even like Turpin at all. Yeah, and he doesn't really fit like what I think of when I think of like Mike McCarthy teams. 
generally he has bigger players, you know. I, yeah. I mean, I know that, of course, everyone's going to say, well, they had Randall Cobb. Cool. He was there for more than one year. He's there for 13 years. I just, outside of Randall Cobb, like what kind of like smaller player like that did they really have? I mean, I, I could be forgetting somebody. I just think that KT, you would, you would know better than most. They didn't, they didn't. And it was like, even the running backs were, were not like that. I mean, Ryan Grant was a bigger guy. James Starks was a bigger guy. Um, it's just not, not the way they rolled. So yeah. Dave, no, Trey Turner's still out there. Yeah. He hasn't signed with anybody. They could bring him in to play guard. I think the reality of Trey Turner at this point in his career is a lot less than the name recognition. But I will I mean, I'm I firmly I guess I'm not gonna go as far as to say I expect it, but I'm not gonna be surprised when they sign some 33-year-old guy uh to be to be there. I actually yeah. I was looking this up yesterday. Justin Pugh, you remember him? Yeah. He's still out yeah. there. I looked him up. He was like, he's on Twitter, like basically tweeting about trying to make, like to get back into the league. And I wanted to like, tw- I wanted to tweet him and be like, Hey, would you think you might want to play for the Cowboys? So I got Justin Pugh, Gabe Jackson, uh, Trey Turner. Does Dalton Risner do anything for you? Anybody that's available I mean, right now doesn't do a yeah, lot. Yeah, I'd try anyone. It's better than okay. it's better than what's available. Maybe just like old I, I, free tryouts at the star. What's yeah. David Arkin up to? You know, there's a good one. That's a good poll. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's needed. How much? Unless it's not. However much they're like doing. However much cap space they have when they're done signing their draft class, just throw like a million of it at some old guard to come be there. We Sounds need great. a guard. There it is. We got, so, yeah. we got so there. We got so John. You think that's the case there? Tyler at left guard, Tyron at left tackle to start it off. Oh, that's the break glass. Like if the season's about to start, yeah. But I think that well, they it want is about to start. They they want. Oh no, I'm talking about camp. They're going to give some. They're going to give multiple other players an opportunity to try and win that job, and they're not yeah. going to expect them to be great. But if they think that someone can get by doing that job, so that they can have three tackles that they trust, knowing that at least one of them is probably not going to make it through the full season. I think they would prefer that, you know, they would love for Chuma Doga to win the job, but uh, I could see them bringing somebody in like, like, you know, like they did with Anthony Barr during camp, you know, and if it gets down to it, who's to say that they wouldn't make a trade like they did for Jonathan Hankins, you know, to get a veteran in there. So don't you love it when you can see the way your life is going to go with like crystal clarity? Like we're going to spend the summer talking about this, and the Cowboys are going to spend the summer downplaying it. And then nine days into training camp, they're going to sign some guy and act like that was their plan all along and not like the guards on hand aren't doing the job the right way. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some problem. There's hope that one of these guys, one of these guys emerges. But at the same time, you know, I mean, you never know. So I don't know. I, I, I feel confident, so- though, that. I shouldn't say this because obviously they didn't went wide receiver last year, but I feel confident if they don't find somebody that they'll make a move to go out and get one. So I mean, they they like Malik Davis. They like Enrico Dowdle at running back. Does Deuce Vaughn. What's the, I mean, let's hear it, John. Let's hear the Deuce, your Deuce Vaughn opinion. We talked about this, the possibility of this when last time Dave was on here, Dave liked him. You said, you believe it when you see it. You don't think they'll use him correctly. What are your thoughts now that he's on the team? 
Well, I mean, it's a great story, and that's interesting. I just the it best is story a, of the draft. The, yeah, maybe the best 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 moment of the weekend was that, that I, phone call. I believe that he has a role uh, in the NFL, and if he's in the right system, he could he could have an NFL career. I mean, you can't put up the numbers that he did against the teams that he did and just think that this guy doesn't have any chance of playing in the NFL. He he has a chance to play. I just I'll believe it when I see it with the Cowboys because it's I just haven't seen them use a smaller running back like that and have much success. And so, um, I mean, they like, they like, they like the Malik, Malik Davis and they say they like Rico Dowdle, but I just, I find it hard to believe that they're just going to go into the season without adding another back that kind of fills what Zeke was doing. I mean, I guess maybe that's Ronald Jones. They feel like he can do that. I don't, I don't know, but it just doesn't seem Ronald Jones. I, I just don't know that this is completely set at that position, you know? I like I like Deuce Vaughn a lot and I'm definitely not writing him off. But as soon as I got done being excited by the moment. Yeah, I was just kind of like this. This doesn't really do anything to settle the situation like you still have. And and on I mean, we can worry running backs a position where you don't have to worry about the long term, but like you don't feel any better about the long term now than you did before the draft. You know, like Tony Pollard's still on a one year deal. So is Ronald Jones. And then you got a bunch of pretty unproven guys. So you're setting yourself up for another year where you might be talking about taking a running back in the top 100. Um, But I mean, absolute worst case scenario, like I think Deuce Vaughn's going to hang around here for one reason or another. And I'm not going to be surprised if it's because he, I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be a preseason badass. He's I mean, because he's gonna get so many carries or so many touches in the second half of these games where he's gonna have a chance to show what he can do when he actually gets to touch the ball. I don't I don't know how many touches you can manufacture for him, but well, I mean he's gotta get onto the regular season roster first, I guess. But yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how it goes, but I'm definitely not writing him off. I know, ironically. Cavante Turpin made the Pro Bowl last year, but I would love to see Deuce Vaughn get work as a punt returner. He didn't do it in college, but it seems like he would have a fantastic skill set for it. Like he's got sure hands. He can obviously move in space. He's going to make the first guy miss more often than not. I think he'd be really good at it. Uh, So my dorky wish is that he gets a chance to work at that position when they get on the field. I think he makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs, to be honest with you. If he would have been drafted by the Chiefs, I was like, I would have seen him in just a variety of ways, making an impact. And I just, like I said, with the Cowboys, I don't the know. irony, the irony of that is that they drafted a Deuce Vaughn type of player in Clyde edwards helaire and it yeah. has not worked out for them even a little bit. Watch yeah. McCarthy just let the Deuce loose, just. He watched Deuce just be rookie of the year. That'd be that'd be so funny after this conversation. This is where I wonder about a, maybe a little a small grudge against Turpin. Even like, okay, he had three fumbles last year. Go back to that playoff game, the game you know where they only get twelve points and Tony Pollard got hurt. We remember that, right? Forty hours game. Oh yeah, so there yeah, was yeah, a chance that, yeah. to take a kickoff to the house, and his vision was so lacking that he ran right into. Uh, our own guy and it's like dude that would have been the big offensive explosive play that we needed and yes it's the team's fault for not having another offensive player that was explosive uh outside of cd lamb and tony pollard and when tony pollard gets hurt it's their fault for that 
But that did seem like, okay, what you didn't see it. It was right there. Add I'll that with three fumbles. You, add that with how they didn't use him on offense. And I'm like, maybe they think Deuce Vaughn could just take that over. My lasting memory uh, – look, I know he made the Pro Bowl. My lasting memories of uh, Kevontae Turpin, obviously he had the two touchdowns in the preseason, which is cool. Which got him in the in, Pro Bowl. Sorry. He, no, seriously, it did. In the regular season, my lasting memory of him is like just getting up and being mad at himself for not finishing the play. Like every every game – he would have an 18-yard return, and he would get up pissed off because it could have gone to the house, and he's just like smacking himself on the helmet for not doing a better job. A couple questionable fair catch um, or let it, you know, let the punt go decisions. Like, dude, there was a, there was a lot there, and you'd go, oh, it's fine. He's explosive, and this is like first year doing it in the NFL, and like, okay, we're good. And I just wonder if that wears thin at, at you know to an extent, and that's where maybe Deuce Vaughn fits. That's Maybe cool. not. I mean, I'm just trying to create a place for Deuce Vaughn. So that's even a bigger hole at running back then. If he's just a special teams return guy, then yeah, then that's maybe even more of a concern. I thought I they mean, were drafting him as like compliment to, to Pollard, you know? No. They like There's Rico. No they like I don't, Rico. I don't go into this season thinking Deuce in a in the in a perfect world, I can't imagine Deuce ever getting more than like six to 10 touches on offense. And that's like a best case scenario. Yeah. That's yeah. Like it's fourth and one right now to get a first down against the Eagles and NFC championship game. And there's like two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Like who are they giving the ball to right now? Like they're probably Dak. Let's go. They're probably giving it to Pollard. Yeah. But I don't know that I feel great about that. No, I, I mean, and I say that because it's a situation that, um, you know, everyone's thinking that they're running it. They're selling out to stop the run and they have every tackle that's ever played at Georgia on their line to try and stop it. So Nicobe Dean's on the line yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. They're amazing. No, I, I, I love, I love the pick. I love the story. I'm not, I'm not writing him off. Like I think if I had to guess if Deuce, if Deuce doesn't make the active roster, he'll at least be on the practice squad. Like he's going to, he's going to be here. I'm not writing yeah. him off, but um, I guess that's kind of my point is I, I don't feel I don't feel substantially better about where they are at running back today than I did before the draft started. So the depth chart looks like Jalen Brooks, Pollard, Malik Davis. I would Rico, Rico Dowdle, then Vaughn. No, nah, I Jones. think Ronald Jones is probably above Rico. Ronald Jones, yeah. Pollard, Might Ronald be above Malik Jones. too. Yeah. I assume only one of Malik or Dowdle makes the team. Yeah. And then I could see the Cowboys carrying Deuce as their fourth running back who is not guaranteed to be in uniform on game day. Yeah. I guess that's a kick returner. That makes sense to me. But yeah, he definitely hit the nail on the head. He is going to have like a huge uh, preseason. He's going to. And he'll be, hey, he'll be great for training camp videos. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. Deuce is too early to start thinking about that. Uh, John, never. John and I were, John and I were texting about training camp videos during the draft. I was like, John. Who out of this draft class is going to go viral during training camp? Like, Killing what the hell me. are you doing here? Killing no, me. No, but Deuce is, Deuce is going to shake somebody out of his cleats in 11 on 11, and it's and Bleacher Report's going to pick it up and be like, Deuce Vaughn's at it again, and I, it's going to get like 60,000 retweets. And I just hope it's my God. video. Well, I'd kill for the one-on-one <laughs> video. Deuce Vaughn goes in motion, and he lines up outside at wide receiver, and Jalen Smith goes out there to cover him like a cornerback. 
to me, it does not matter. One of the best training camp videos I've ever had is a one-handed catch by Rico. I mean, by Rico Gathers. So it doesn't matter when it's a player that people know. It gains traction quick. This is, this is what <laughs> I love. Basher last year. I <laughs> yeah. freaking I love it. I, I I'm not even being facetious. Like I love it so much. Like Deuce is gonna put a spin move on Micah, and like Micah's obviously not trying that hard, yes. but it's gonna look really cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's gonna go viral, and like Eagles fans are gonna be in the comments, like poverty franchise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Cowboy fans are gonna be like. We put 40 on you on Christmas. Shut the hell up. Oh, it's going to be great. Obviously, 22 is off the, off the table. He's just going to wear number two? Uh, I think Jordan Lewis wears number two. Does he not? Yeah. Hard to know. I think <laughs> Jalen. Bit big <laughs> if true. Yes. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> Deuce is, Deuce is going to wind up in something really ugly, if I had to guess, because only the 39. Yeah, and, you know, he can – I think he said that on his call with John and company. He was like, you know, uh, 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 that's that's pretty far down my list of priorities right now. If he makes 21, team, baby. Let's go. 21. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Lewis is two. But can he do they're something keeping, for us? I mean – They're keeping 21 open like the Rams I mean, this is a long time between now – This is a long time between now and the start of the season. I mean – Week one, are you sure number one, Calvin Joseph's on the team? I mean, that's no, no guarantee no. there. No, he's I think gonna... he is because he helps so much on special teams that I think that, that he'll be on team for at least another year. But I don't know that he's going to make a big enough jump defensively to where you're just like, you cannot part ways with him, you know? He's uh, he's going to start. He's like, he's going to start his career wearing 38 and he will move into something cooler if he makes the team. Earn that's the deuce. My- yeah, that's my prediction. 16. Oh, and if okay, and 16 can, gross. To your it's point. Available. If Deuce if Deuce really has a great rookie year and he's if he's still here next offseason when Jordan Lewis leaves, then he'll move into two and There you go. Yeah. Then, How do you yeah. feel about 30? Uh I would great. rather 30 is okay. Throw Anthony Brown. Yeah. yeah. There's Anthony Brown at 30, game. obviously. Yeah. Is 31 okay. open? I like the way 31. Uh, Tyler 31. Coyle. Ah, damn. So, yes. Byron Jones. Sorry. Um, guys, because I, I'm, I'm, I want to go get some tacos before succession starts. No, I'm only on the early 40s yet. We're not even close to being done here. 42 <laughs> is still. No, sorry. Go ahead. Damn it! Uh, my my thought, my final thought on the draft, and then I'll let you guys kind of give your final words. My final thoughts on the draft, and you have to remind yourself in the moment, is that Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks are a part of this draft class, and I think that's important to remember. The Cowboys stepped out of their comfort zone, did things they don't normally do, gave up late draft picks for veterans. I I mean it. Your, your one year of Brandon Cooks and your one year of Stephon Gilmore needs to be remembered with the 2023 draft class and however that works out. And going You're forward, laughing, John. Yeah, because and laughing? going forward, because you look at all the picks that they made, you know, in those later rounds, anytime any name player is going to become available, they're like, yeah, cool. Give give them give them another five. Give them a six. Who cares? What are, what are we going to do with that anyway? Let's go get Stephon Gilmore. Let's get somebody else. What is that holding us back from Jalen Brooks or Eric Scott? Like that's one of the things I thought of when they were talking about it after the first round, like 
all it's doing, like with the way this draft went, not just really for the Cowboys, like across the board, like when you look at when you're actually in the draft, like you're sitting there and you're like, like, for example, the Eagles pick for DeAndre Swift. I mean, trading for DeAndre Swift, it's like it's a future pick. Nobody cares in the moment. They got DeAndre Swift. They're loving life. You know, he's going to play a ton for them. So uh, there's never going to be a time where a fan's like, ooh, I like that proven veteran and it fills a hole here and that player would start. But man, we're going to give up a fifth. I don't know about that. I think I heard uh, I think I heard Steven yesterday or on Sunday say, you know, he David Moore asked him about Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks technically being part of this draft class. And he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, those are value picks. And I was like, what? Stop. Stop it, Steven. It's a fifth and a six, which is look, I'm happy. I'm happy that Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks are on the roster. I think, you know, for all the hand wringing people want to do about whether or not the draft was good, I think this is as good of a position as the Cowboys have been in. And I don't know three or four years at least. Um, and last year, like, yeah, 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 so you talk about like fifth round last year. Nobody would, we would never have been on this show going, man, what a steal it was to get Duran Bland in the fifth. Who saw that coming for every, for every Duran Bland, I can find three fifths that yes. didn't amount to anything. Yep. But the main, the main point is, I think it's funny that, and I mean, KT's right. Like they did step outside of their comfort zone, but it's kind of sad to think that parting with day three picks qualifies as going outside of your comfort zone. When you see the Eagles added Chauncey Gardner Johnson for, I think a fifth and he led the league in picks and they add Deandre Swift for a third. I mean, calculated aggression is the name of the game. And I really, I really hope this is the start of a trend for the Cowboys and not, uh, not a one-off that we, that we forget about a few years from now. All right, hey, let me run off a quick quick couple of fifth-round picks for you here recently. Bradley and I, mm. Joe Jackson, mm. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is actually a He's useful coming player. Around. He's coming around. He's just in Seattle right now. <laughs> Mike White. Is he really? Yeah, he's play, he played I no well. idea. Mike White was a fifth-round pick. Ryan Russell. Mike Effing White. Devin Street. And we'll close with Joseph Randall. Wow. <laughs> you know, close the JC Penny. All things considered, that's not a terrible track record, but it just goes to show that if you can get a former defensive player of the year, that's probably a better investment. Oh, let me go a couple I more disagree. years here. Danny oh, Cole, I disagree, Dave. Josh hold on, Thomas. Hold on, John. You're telling me I'm there's done. some more meat on the bone? The meat is, is, is all off the bone. I need the panel's grades for the Cowboys draft. And KT, I need your grade for the for the Packers draft, too. John, okay. what would you yeah. grade this this draft at? Um, on the surface, if I didn't know the team that was making the picks and I was just grading the picks, probably like a C, C plus. Um, but I I do trust Will McClay and company. I think they I think that they've proven that we should give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I do think drafting has been one of the team's strengths, so I probably give them a B minus. Dave, B minus is what I wrote for Fox Sports. It's just it's a very it's a very meat and potatoes draft. Like there's no way, at least, at least right now, you know, like when Micah and CD lamb get drafted, like people are hammering on the website to get a Jersey. Like there's no way anybody that's not related to these picks is going to get a Jersey sold. Maybe, maybe Deuce Vaughn. Uh Oh, Uh Oh, somebody sounds interested in a Jersey back there. (laughs) You're going to get a Deuce Deuce Vaughn Jersey for Kent's pub, but 
He's a yeah, fan. Yeah, it's 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 not sexy, but if they're, uh, I mean, Mike McCarthy says it is. I I agree to disagree. I don't think it's very sexy, but uh, B minus seems fair. If they're right about their evaluations, I think this will turn out to be a pretty useful group. I didn't think I would have to be asking questions after the draft, and they, because of the direction they went in, still have questions. After all the efforting they did to put themselves in a position, they just kind of cover everything. And now yeah. I'm like, God, it just feels like to me, well, you, well, I guess we still would have asked a question about tight end, right? Yeah. The second round thing, I'm not going to let go. That's just, it was it was right in front of you. Yeah. And they took the tight end because I think the well, head coach he be, wanted to tight end. When he becomes in. Jason Witten, you won't be questioning this. No. Hey, no. Is he the same age no. as Jason Witten? Sorry. <laughs> now he's 25 he's like i was in the same recruiting class as jason i love like people are like oh my god he's 25 like the average nfl career is two and a half years he'll be he'll be fine no i think i think when people point to that i think it's a little bit more of the well how much is a guy that's 25 really gonna like you know like mozzie smith like you're yeah. like yeah i don't know that we've seen everything you know whatever like no, once get you get it. to be out about 25 i think that there's part of you that is probably like well hey when he comes in, like, for example, I thought Dalton Schultz at the end of his time with the Cowboys was a lot different than in the beginning. Whereas I think with like somebody like this, you might be kind of like, well, hey, what you see these first couple of years is what you're going to get, you know, which could be good. Say, I don't know. In defense of Luke Schoonmaker, part of that might not it might not be his development. It might be Michigan football. Like, yeah, John, you know better than anyone. Go watch Michigan. They got nine dudes on the line of scrimmage. Like it's 1945 army Navy. Like they are not, uh, they are not a modern scheme. So I think that's worth, I, I, I agree, but my, my, I, I think you can say a lot about a lot of the same things you just said. Um, I think you can say about a lot of the big 10 and even like we said, like Notre Dame. And so when you're a cl- including those like Notre Dame and, and, and Iowa, like they kind of play the same way. And if anything, in those systems, the tight end is the one that usually eats. That is fair. Like I'm going to, I'll look up his stats real quick, but I think that this guy had decent stats. Who's in a college. Let me see. Jake, Butt. Jake, Butt put up, but better numbers than Luke Schoonmaker did, you know, he did. Oh, great name too. Is, is Tucker, Tucker craft, American singles and Luke golden hour Musgrave enough to prove Jordan love doesn't suck. I do love your references to cheese and Casey. Um, I really liked Luke Musgrave and I was kind of shocked that the Cowboys didn't have him above Laporta apparently, but, uh, I know he was hurt and all that stuff. Luke Musgrave's when you watch him looks incredible. Um, uh, so I liked that. I thought they had a good opportunity to take Jackson Smith and Jigba at number 13. Ooh. They went with Van Ness, whose dad weirdly. Ooh, that was weird. That was weird. Cupping had, like, the butt of his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, odd things going on there. Uh, I thought the draft was fine. I, I think, you know, it doesn't matter if Jordan Love can't play. And I don't think anyone knows if he can play because he hasn't been allowed to play. What grade so, did you give the Cowboys draft? C+. plus. Okay. Did I miss that? Did you say that? No, no, no he didn't. He didn't. I, okay. I asked him about that. Oh, you know what? My I'll downgrade to a C. Yeah, get negative. I do like Mozzie, and I like I like how, the, how that could be fun. I like that. Is this going to be like Kenny Clark, do you think? You know, that's good. Yeah, that's that's probably a good little uh, comparison, too. It could be a little Kenny Clark. Mike drafted. Before, they were, yeah, Mike Clark. was there when they drafted Kenny Clark, right? 
Yeah. yeah. He was probably Tony the Clark back end of the first round. You know, he's Mozzie gets more comparisons to BJ Raji if you want to go back to okay. old Packer DTs and, and Don oh, Terry Poe. If you want to and go Mike, there. Mike was there when they drafted Raji, right? Mm-hmm. It was a it was a higher pick, though. I was like top fifteen, right? Top ten. He was like ten, I think. Yeah. yeah. Does Something he like have that. the dance moves of BJ Raji? Mm. We're gonna There's not up. a chance. No, no one shot. does. Um, but that's, you know, I, I, I don't. Coaches having influence on the draft. Overall, bad. <laughs> Circumstances that have been good, like Micah Parsons. This just reeks to me of the tight end wanted. I mean, the coach, the coach wanted a tight end, so we had to draft one. And I just don't think you had to do that there. I don't. I just I love. Like I'm I'm guilty of it too. I absolutely am. But I love like every year. You know, we put a lot of time and effort into learning about the players and deciding who we like and deciding what needs to happen. And basically every year, and it's not just the Cowboys. Like the whole league tells us to go f ourselves. Like, yeah. I mean, the Packers drafted Sean Clifford in the fifth round of this draft. Yeah, uh, ahead of like several other better quarterbacks, the Lions drafted. Uh, a change of pace back 12th overall. Like they just don't. Cowboys told us to F ourselves with this cornerback selection in the sixth round. Basically. If they said that they announced, if they announced it uh, before the final day started that they traded their fourth round pick for Deandre Hopkins, how much has that changed the draft grade? Oh my God. Imagine, uh, imagine three letter grades, maybe <laughs> the, the, the weed and boys memes that would be flying around Twitter right now would be, it would be too much for the <laughs> bandwidth. Elon Musk, the website would shut down. It would be insane. Uh, Disappointing draft in terms of like uh, veteran player trades. Too. Yeah. yeah Andre Swift was nice, but I thought we'd get more. Yeah. I thought overall, there was a good point. A, a boring draft really. Yeah. Overall. Not a great Which, draft. Next I year, we're going to spice it up. The trades were interesting in the first round, I thought. Like yeah. Houston doing Houston. that to get Will Anderson in that. I thought that was cool. About halfway through Friday night, I was like, you know, I think most people would agree. Like, this, was a, this wasn't a very sexy class. It was, like, lacking in star power aside from the big four quarterbacks. So, like, halfway through Friday night, I was like, I don't know what I was expecting. Like, of course, this draft is kind of boring. This class is kind of boring. Like, that's just kind of how it goes. Oh, real quick, real quick, Dave. What did you think about, uh, or what would you have thought of the Cowboys using, I don't know, it probably would have been uh, either fourth or fifth if they would have uh, went and got your boy, Keishon Butte. I Look, people, I am an LSU homer, but I I know how to be realistic. Like, Keishon Butte can be somebody else's problem based on everything that's happened over the course of his LSU career. Yeah, like, but I looked at this Cowboys draft and I was like, there really aren't enough problems. So you kind of would think <laughs> for a Cowboys draft, Jerry likes to have somebody in there, you know, and there weren't anybody will, like that. I will be rooting for Keishon to figure it out, but I've seen, you know, people around the Patriots are very excited because he's obviously a very, you know, he was a good college player yeah. for points of time but i i won't be surprised if he doesn't make the team coming out of quite a headache as a as a player but yeah do your own research on that one if you want more on the Keishon booty it will be like hard he likes to, to have fun he great, uh, great had a great time at lsu apparently he sure did he sure did uh yeah i don't know i'll, I'll be i'll be rooting for him to prove me wrong but i would have not been in yeah. a hurry to draft him 
No. Are we going to get out of this without making a joke about trains? Is that going to happen? I just want to. A high five, <laughs> maybe it was high five and get out. <laughs> this draft was banging for the Cowboys. Uh, you that. guys got big plans this offseason? And if you guys going, what are you guys doing for vacation? You guys going to go see the Eiffel Tower or do something? Stop. Stop cool. it. There's a lot of good Stop. landmarks out there. Uh, I'll stop. Fine. Yeah, I'll stop. I'm, I'm not going to say next time. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. I, I that am. Seems like, that seems um, like an end. It was. It was a good. The, the biggest thing about the draft is that sale agree. Uh, sale agreeable twenty six forty eight on Reddit was wrong. On Will Levis, I think that's the big takeaway. <laughs> he affected the betting odds, though. They said he was the most most Amazing. betted number one. O- player isn't that amazing if you want to if if you're a cowboy fan and you're a little bit bummed about the class or maybe if you just think it's boring go go dig into what's going on with the titans right now and you will feel a hell of a lot better because they're they're about to stage a full-scale revolt in nashville about uh what the titans did with their draft did you guys see that instagram of will levis at his pro day being like yeah i'll go to the draft but only if I'm going to be really high pig. I don't want to be sitting there the entire time. And it's juxtaposed with the footage of him sitting there the entire time. It's incredible. Love it. Life I comes love at it. You. <laughs> That's what he gets for putting mayonnaise in his coffee. Yes. Uh, for Father John Bashota, excellent job following the draft. There are tons of articles up on The Athletic right now. John's got tons of stories. Go check those out, please. Schedule coming out in a couple of weeks. That's probably the next time we'll reconvene, I would imagine. Looking like May 11th. Uh, Dave Hellman back in the mix. Follow him over at Fox Sports. You can catch him on FS1 as well. Dave, it's great to see you again, man. It's always fun talking Cowboys football with y'all. I will see you soon, guys. Thanks. And for our producer, Kent Garrison, who just crushed Kansas City. I mean, he made Kansas City his bitch. All the uh, Brugler analysis from the draft is still on YouTube, by the way. And on the Athletic Football Show pod. So if you want Dane's thoughts on these picks, because he's going dark. He's done. Draft season's over for Dane. So yeah. probably not going to have him back on the show. So if you want his analysis on that, uh, go check out on YouTube. Yeah, and you can always uh, holler at us on Twitter and all that stuff if you have any problems with anything we said or if you agreed with us. We like that, too. Uh, give us a good review on all the places you're listening to the podcast. For John, yeah, Dave, do some research. Do some research on Keyshawn Butte and, and let us know what you think. <laughs> Get a Reddit account. <laughs> let us know. There's about them cowboys. Touchdown. Touchdown.